Hello and welcome to End Goals, an LCMS Youth Ministry podcast. I'm host Reverend Mark Kiesling. I'm with DCE Juliana Schultz, and we are here to bring parents, church workers, and lay leaders discussions and resources to help your youth ministry meet its end goal, which is young people who are disciples of Jesus Christ for life. Today, we are talking with Deaconess Heidi Gaiman about how to maintain balance and caring for self as part of a healthy long-term ministry. In the seven practices of healthy youth ministry, we talk about how supportive adults should be connected to young people long-term. And we really see this in our research, uh, that longevity for professional church workers had a significantly positive effect, both on retention and in tracking young people over time. Uh, We believe that same thing is true for lay volunteers. Uh, When Christ-centered adults care for young people over time, they can help them navigate transitions and help keep those in the margins connected to the church and faith practice. But youth ministry, like all areas of ministry and life, can bring challenges. We see many youth leaders, professional and lay, struggling with how to balance the demands of ministry and family and caring for themselves. And particularly right now, we see additional challenges from the ongoing pandemic, disruptions to schools and programs, and a divided country, which can lead to a divided congregation. Youth leaders are facing struggles to connect with youth and to help them navigate this difficult time. And at the same time, they may be struggling to navigate it themselves. It's always a great joy to me, like when we're out talking to youth leaders when we used to leave uh, and go visit uh, different districts and congregations, uh, to hear youth leaders who were like, I've been around with the same group of young people since they were uh, since they were little. I've known them their whole lives. They're probably sick of me. And it's so great for us to be able to say, like, no, it's so incredibly valuable uh, that you continue to pour into their lives year after year after year and, and know those young people so so well. But in order for youth leaders to be around that kind of long term, they need healthy balance. It's God pleasing when we prioritize our own spiritual practice, like worship, prayer, and Bible study, uh, when we take care of our bodies, our minds, and our many responsibilities. Uh, there's never an easy or single way to find that steady, healthy footing. Uh, as many of us are finding <laughs> as time uh, currently right now, it's like, even if I have all the time in my house, I could still sometimes be out of balance. So here to help us talk about how we can work towards a healthy balance is Deaconess Heidi Gaiman. Heidi is a licensed clinical social worker and healthcare provider, theologian, writer, and speaker. She received her bachelor's degree in theology and psychology from Concordia University, Chicago, and her master's degree in social work from the University of Toledo with an emphasis in children and families and social justice. Heidi can always be found at HeidiGaiman.com, which provides resources and advocacy for mental health and genuine relationship. She's also a contributor to YouthResource.com. Heidi loves her family, sticky notes, Jesus, adventure, Star Wars, Star Trek, and new ideas, though not necessarily in that order. I like most of those things as well. Uh, Heidi, thanks for joining us. Hey, thanks for having me. I'm always excited to talk youth ministry and how we can engage in the youth around us, their lives, while still keeping ourselves healthy. I think that's just so important and instrumental in the body of Christ, what this community is doing together as part of the Lord's work. You bet. We got to hear a little bit about your bio. Tell us a little bit more about your vocations and what brings you joy. Ooh, what brings me joy? Uh, Well, definitely the standard, my husband and family and one and a half dogs. I also uh, really enjoy hockey and we build an ice rink in our front yard every winter. And so that's kind of something 
fun about the Gaimans. And being outside brings me a lot of joy. Uh, Talking mental health. Anyone who's ever spent any amount of time with me knows that I can't help but bring it up in every conversation. Uh, And I take a broad view of mental health. And so that's part of my vocations too. The fact that I overlap this place of spirituality and, and wanting to know God more and be known by God, but also how that works in our mental and relational health. And I love that God has given me this really unique space to be able to uh, enter into conversations about where those two connect, especially. Well, certainly this conversation uh, is always important, but has been particularly important uh, this year. Uh, What are some of the things you're seeing that are making 2020 particularly difficult for lay and youth leaders? Well, I think you and I have had this conversation at length is that the isolation is real um, and there's different kinds of isolation and different layers to that isolation. And then once we think, oh, maybe we won't be as isolated anymore, suddenly there's a new kind of isolation that we have to deal with. And I just read a new term recently, especially ministry related, that's called um fidgetal ministry, like physical and digital. And so it's where we live in this in-between world where we have to do both and do them well instead of giving attention to one or the other. And that takes so much energy. So between the isolation and the, the absence of presence, if you will, like our brains are designed to like literally have a switch that goes off when someone enters a room and we identify that we can connect with them versus a video screen that doesn't quite happen the same way. And then even more when we have an extended absence of presence from a, a grandparent that we love or a youth uh, group, if you will, or or all these different places where we know that the absence is there. Our body is reading that without us telling it, oh, don't you miss grandma? Don't you miss your youth group Bible study? But our body knows. And so God designed us miraculously to be heart, soul, mind, and strength, you know? And so all those things play together. And then the energy factors. Everything requires a lot of energy right now. Uh, I see a lot of ministry leaders as well as healthcare professionals and parents and everybody doing not just double duty, but quadruple duty in all their different realms of life, right? So that just means that everyone feels overloaded. And then you add on um, national discussions around topics that, you know, we've really needed to address for some time here. It's a really difficult time where things kind of come to head uh, when we're just struggling uh, with all these other areas. And now we have election conversations and then uh, political conversations and conversations on uh, racism and uh, different cultural considerations and things like that. So we've needed to have these conversations But when we're already overwhelmed, it's also really difficult to have a productive, meaningful, movement-oriented conversation. So that is, I think, where we find ourselves today is all that big ball of yarn. So how do we begin to untangle it so that it feels manageable and we can support one another and get also what we need and be fed? I think I feel like a lot, I mean, you talk about, I feel like a word I've heard a lot is exhaustion and it's just kind of been this continual piece to where you think of the systems in our country and our families and our communities. And now we come up on a holiday time too, which normally would be this time we talk about a really busy piece. I'm I'm praying for peace to really be around these holiday times that maybe people can take a break and try to find that rest. 
And like you said, I, I feel like people are really learning a lot about themselves um, and their country and be able to focus on that. And for a Christian specifically, then to think about who we are in Christ. Um, and also, thanks for a new term, fidgetal. That's I, I can use that's that instead of hybrid. That's not mine. Good okay, job, of, Internet. I know, I know. Instead of hybrid, I got a new term. That's good. But yeah, yeah. so these ways that we're trying to make this work out of love for one another, uh, mm -hmm. but definitely in a confusing, confusing time. Yeah. I also think one thing that happens is that, like you said, we want to dial back and reflect. Like mm -hmm. it's so important. So you go through this big thing. We have this renewed sense of brokenness, just yeah. the fact that our world isn't the way it's supposed to be. Uh, but if we don't have either a time to reflect or we step back to reflect and then something else comes in to hammer us, then it can be really difficult to recoup, to be ready for the next thing. And that's that concept of resilience that you all talk about in the research too, that's so important. It's not like we just bounce back and suddenly we're better. Instead, it's actually walking through the struggle, walking through the shape of things in our lives and coming out the other side with a sense of hope and meaning in that. So that does take some time. The problem is who has loads of extra time right now? And that right. makes it a challenge. You're right. Well, and not only is that time a consideration, but uh, in many ways, we are all trying to navigate this uncertain time at the same time, right? It's not as a one person in our community is experiencing right. um, all of this chaos, but we all are mm -hmm. collectively. And so um, I hear adults often who care for young people speaking out about the, uh, how to care for young people in this uncertain time. Um, and, but then, cause I think our first instinct is like, how can I care for the people around us? How can I care for the young people I love deeply? But then how am I, uh, we're not talking about how we care for ourselves or we're so focused in on ourselves that we're not caring for our young people. Um, so maybe why is caring about our mental and spiritual health in this time as youth leaders so valuable um, when we're trying to also care in that digital space for, for mm -hmm. our young people as well? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think it helps to reflect on the fact that God is almost always concerned with the long game, right? He's always got this big, giant plan of restoration coming. So we move from creation to redemption in Christ, but there is this place that's coming called restoration that is when he comes back again for us. And so that sounds really abstract and like, Heidi, why are you talking about that? But at the same time, it matters for today. Because when I have that big plan in mind, then like Mark said, I can get to the peace part of like resting in whatever I can do today and whoever I can meet with today and however I can meet those needs today, as well as go ahead and take the moment for myself, because I'm concerned as in as God is concerned with the long game of restoration for the people I love and for myself. And I do think that changes the shape of what we need to do. Is there an urgency to the gospel? Of course. Is there an urgency to our kids' mental health? A hundred percent. However, I know that anything meaningful is likely not to happen in a like snap of the fingers, right? There's going to be some time component to that. And so stepping back and just wondering, oh, okay, what is this? Where do I want to be in five years with this? Or uh, what can I do over time instead of I have to do it right now? That really changes the sense of how we move into the youth's lives around us, as well as really maintain the care of our our bodies and spirits and minds. 
I think it was a pretty interesting kind of study. You probably, you probably maybe know more the actual studies of it, but when kind of the world stopped or slowed down, uh, how many conversations were about like, we kind of went from that highly consumer, uh, instantaneous society and world to where like, oh, this is what happens when we do maybe, and some of the anxiety came with that too, when we have to slow down. But yeah, some of that reflection that happened and that really, I think that helped paint that picture of that long view of about mm-hmm. the good that can come from that and to have uh, paint that broader picture of our life. And again, as the Christian, to be thinking about that focus too, about the restoration that Jesus brings and will bring. Mm-hmm. And I think to also consider the fact that discomfort mm. doesn't mean evil or it yeah. doesn't mean that wrong or even sin is involved. Like discomfort mm-hmm. is an indicator to us that something needs some attention. Mm-hmm. And so, like you said, when we had time to sit back, well, then the anxiety comes up and we see a lot of anxiety in us and around us right now. Right. So using that anxiety as a, um, internal indicator light that says, Hey, I just need a little attention, pay attention here. That's both true for us. So when our anxiety comes up, our fear comes up, our um, sadness comes up, those uncomfortable emotions, especially, although I think sometimes happiness can be uncomfortable for some people. So whatever is uncomfortable (laughs) for you, pay attention to that, right? So when it comes up, like, Oh, what, what, get curious about it. What's going on? What do I need to pay attention to? And then the same thing for the youth around us, right? If they um, are exhibiting some anxiety, some depression, or some just irritation, uh, disconnection is another one, right? If you see them kind of disconnecting, leaning into just paying attention to it and noticing it instead of necessarily feeling like we have to jump in and do something. But that's just an indicator that we need to ask more questions, similar to the check engine light in our car. Yeah, yeah. That's our, you know, our entire uh, nervous system's indication for us that says, I need some attention. And so we can give that a little attention. I think it's hard for youth leaders right now because even that sounds like so tiring. And so I want the listener to know that we hear that, we understand, you know, but just to notice it is really the top number one thing we can do for our youth and not expect them to shut it off either. I think that's another component. Not expect our internal systems to just get it together and work better, (laughs) you know, the next day. And not to expect that of our youth or the people around us either, that they need to just get over their anxiety or just get over their fear. But instead to just be that person willing to listen and be like, wow, yeah, right now, it's a hard time for everybody. And I hear you. I'm with you in this. That's, I think that is ministry right there in a pandemic. Absolutely. Yeah. And we hear us talk about a lot of, at least culturally, I hear a lot about self-care, <laughs> what self-care might mean um, in our culture. And and I, so especially right now, as people are, are trying to check, noticing that check engine light and kind of going like, hey, mm-hmm. self-care, how can we think about caring for ourselves Maybe not necessarily as culture does. Maybe there's some alignment there, but as, as how do we care about ourselves as a part of stewardship? Oh, sure. You know, I think one thing that's really helpful for me to remember is that the Bible gives us some language for this. So in Romans 12, 1 and 2, it talks about offering your bodies as living sacrifices. And so I feel like especially in any kind of ministry setting, reminding ourselves that this is something that we can offer to God is taking care of ourselves, that that is part of meeting with him, uh, being aware of our internal systems, uh, 
taking the minute to be uncomfortable and listen, that is all part of how we offer ourselves to God. Now, does God need that from us? Like, you know, this is not part of justification that we need for our salvation. Uh, That's Jesus's job. And he has done that. So I can rest in just like, okay, God, here I am. It's maybe kind of messy, but this is me and I want to give it to you. Then I think that gives us a foundation for what stewardship is, is that connecting with God in heart, soul, mind, and strength and being um, moldable before him, because that's the Holy Spirit's work is to mold and to enlighten and to tell me all the good stuff and make me aware of where I need to grow. Um, So I think that helps us transform uh, what we're doing. When I was a stay-at-home mom, for instance, uh, it was a little bit difficult for me. I really love what I do. I loved taking care of my children full-time, and I'm so grateful. I understand that that's a place of privilege that I got to be with them day in and day out, 24-7. And it was also, it was a challenge for me. It was a growth, <laughs> it was a growth time. Uh, but this verse is really what helped me be like, okay, I am, I'm sacrificing before God when I'm taking care of them, but I'm also sacrificing before God when I'm taking a step back and believing that he can provide other ways and other things for them, that my husband is capable, that um, they they are also capable in their own right in certain ways, you know, and I know that's like confusing and discombobulated and very unique to each of our situations, but resting in God means understanding that he doesn't need something from us, Hmm. but he will use us. And those are two very different things. So that's kind of my vantage point of stewardship and self-care. Talk about some of those actual practices what are some of the ways that we can help kind of create that balance and maybe specifically with that idea of encouraging longevity and ministry when we think about mm-hmm. that stewardship of the holistic self that God has mm-hmm. given to us? Any insight on, on that? Yeah, I would say I have three main insights as far as practice of self-care goes. And number one, and this is a very social work concept, but be aware of your sensory system. Like we are all made very uniquely and differently. And so some of us are going to love self-care looks like loud music. It looks like making sure we're connected with the crowds again, even though we're socially distancing and stuff like that. For other of us, self-care looks like that quiet time in in the word and being able to have no noise and you know knowing what your system can handle and so that is uh if if you just do a little googling about the different eight sensory systems get familiar with yours because god made all of them and you cannot it's a rabbit hole let me tell you because you'll fall into the sensory system investigation you'll be like God is amazing. Like you cannot see, uh, you can't unsee Psalm 139 in that, that he knit us and formed us together. And so even digestion and things like that, like some of us have a hard time even being aware of when we're hungry. So then we're hungry and we're grouchy and we don't know what's going on, you know? So I think that's one thing is paying attention to your sensory system and what you uniquely need especially in this season. Um, The second thing I would say is uh, you're looking for self-care list one and self-care list two. And so I have another social work friend who calls it the simple self-care list and the super self-care list. So self-care is not necessarily pedicures and it's not necessarily the Instagram photo of your Bible devotional laid out on the table in perfection, right? Those are all good things. 
And if that is self-care for you, that's great. Um, However, simple self-care is I need to take a shower and that can be what I can manage and that's okay. Or I need to make sure, here's one big one for Heidi Gaiman is I need to eat lunch today because I easily forget to eat lunch when I get over-involved in my task. And like I said, you get a little grouchy, right? So those, what what's on your simple self-care list? Um, these are musts, you know, what I need to be to have a healthy sense of self in that day, to feel that sense of God's provision, as we know, he always is giving and providing, but sometimes we can lack that sense of it when we don't have the self-care that we need. Um, and then super self-care is like, I need to read or else I am not healthy as an individual, but I don't always have four hours of uninterrupted fiction reading time with, you know, a latte or something like that. So I'm going to put that on my super self-care list. And my husband literally judges my mental health based on what kind of reading I'm doing. If I haven't picked up a novel for a while, it's not going well. Um, So I'm sure you all, like, while I said that, probably had things in your head where you're like, yeah, I have some simple things I just need to do each day. And then I have some super things. I think we also spiritually then get this confused where super looks like um, we set up the devotion thing so beautifully and perfectly that we never actually get it in. So connecting with God And I won't tell you what that looks like for you, but connecting with God should be something on your simple self-care list, whatever that looks like for you. And I'll tell you what, that is where some good stuff of ministry is too, because that modeling and that overflow of conversation that comes from the time that you've had with God, the youth are going to pick up, the people around you are going to pick up. Um, And so, yeah, make sure that gets on your simple self-care list. Don't push God off to the super self-care list, I guess. Well, and you mentioned there modeling, right? How can, how can our care for our own self and our stewardship be a good model for young people uh, who are also trying to navigate a good balance? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And modeling in, in ministry, whether lay or um, as a parent or as a teacher or as a commissioned ordained minister is really powerful. We know it's, I think probably 75% or more of the ministry. You know, I can plan all the awesome programs I want, but it's the relational spaces and um, the just life together that is the gospel, you know, that Bonhoeffer talks about that's written all over Corinthians, uh, both letters, that is uh, ministry at some of its best as the body of Christ was intended to do, which we oh Colossians is another good source for that, uh, which is the theme, right, for the National right. Youth Gathering coming up. We're going to talk, I think, a lot about that kind of life together aspect really? of community. And so modeling is something that isn't also like power driven. It isn't like because I'm an adult in your life, I am modeling these things for you or because I'm your uh, youth worker or because I have this authority I'm modeling instead it's an active relationship because we're in life together. So modeling is also doing the things that are good for us like intentionally, but it has to do with the organicness of our life too. So 
what does my life look like? Do I just kind of connect with God? Am I talking about God in conversation? And it doesn't always have to look magical or beautiful or planned out like a Bible study. That is part of modeling that we know is actually stickier faith-wise than all the programs I develop and all the plans I write out. And so I think in a pandemic, especially with the struggle to actually kind of connect the way we used to before, those relational connections that you're going to have one-on-one, as well as um, just trying your best to connect, those things are heard louder, I think, than we really realize. Absolutely. And I know that you do a lot to to resource those who are, are uh, active models for others, as well as support a lot of lay people and also our church workers in the field. I know we got uh, Mental Health Mondays on KFUO that are great tidbits. Um, really give us that time to focus, be in God's word, and be supported in that way. Your website, a lot of those resources that are there. What are other kind of resources that you would suggest to people looking to balance their spiritual and mental health? Mm, Yeah, I think number one, and this sounds really basic, but open scripture and look for where God tackles the hard things of this world, where God tackles mental health topics, where he tackles relationships. The scriptures I have noticed are never lacking in any topic or any area. It is shocking. So you have a problem or someone you know has a problem and you're looking for God's word on it, especially in the narratives. So in the stories of real people's lives, if you open scripture, you will likely find an example of that in some way, shape, or form. And I think of just a couple examples, like uh, Paul even talks about the Apostle Paul, who's this great theologian of all theologians, right? The the epic writer of all times, Holy Spirit-driven word. And he says in one part of scripture, like, we were, we were disappointed to the point of death. Like they felt this heaviness, this weight of depression Uh, that's in scripture. And I feel like that's really encouraging to find those kind of references. And so just really start at very basic, start reading the word, get it into your life. Um, The e-source has amazing uh, like topical guides and things like that, topical resources and studies, but do not be afraid to just open, especially, uh, Genesis uh, has really great narratives. The gospel, uh, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John has just a lot of people's stories and the back and forth with Jesus and everything. The book of Acts is another really good one that has those narratives that we can hear and read for our own lives when like the theological ideas of scripture may not feel like they're connecting in the way that we are seeking in that particular moment, even though they're valuable. So that's resource one, God's word, right? Right? Open it. (laughs) Just talk about it, right? Find some people to talk about what you're reading. Um, Get some new insight in that way. Um, I would say there's a lot of really great resources that I see out there, um, from uh, a couple of different blogs, like the the Gospel Coalition is one of them. I really highly recommend that. I don't, you know, of course, there's going to be things everywhere we don't agree with. Um, You're probably going to read something on the LCMS website you don't agree with, right? So use a filter anytime you're trying to take in a new resource. That's really important. We have a lens and we can utilize it. Um, And so I think they're really good. Um, There's a I think, and this is 
this is really maybe a little in your face, but uh, go to therapy. That is probably the best thing you can do for addressing your own mental health. So then you can, here's a big one, accurately address people around you. So one thing I see happening is that we're really concerned about our youth. We're really concerned about the people in our lives. Um, But maybe sometimes that's our own anxiety that we're kind of putting off into them. I see this a lot, especially with parents and kids in the pandemic. You know, kids are real resilient by nature. God made their little bodies pretty amazing. And so we want to tend to them, but also understand what we need to deal with internally so that we can care for the people around us. And so I think mental health resource-wise, I could give you 10 books today to read. Guess what? The best thing you can do is go see a therapist of some kind. We um, we have an amazing uh, like breakdown on the LCMS webpage, uh, deep in the blog archives, probably, maybe we can link to it, but that describes different kinds of mental health professionals so that you can maybe find the one that's right for you. You know, not everybody needs a marriage therapist. Not everybody needs a psychologist, but some people need a social worker, you know, kind of deciding what those realms are. Do I need medication? Do I not? But diving into your own internal sense of identity and belonging and place in this world and connection with God, that's going to go a long way in tending to what we need and being able to accurately identify that for other people. I appreciate that, that encouragement, right? To And I, I love that when we work with Gen Z, Gen Z is so much more willing to have conversations about difficult mental health issues. They're statistically far more likely to reach out and get help than than previous generations. And um, this may be one of those spots where we can be encouraged by our young people (laughs) to embrace that a little more in ourselves and and be open to, to those Mm -hmm. things. And and technology has made that so readily available. It's, It's fantastic. It is. And finances are always a barrier for people. And especially those of us trying to do ministry or lay members trying to give of themselves in all these different areas and stuff too. So Right now, more than ever, there's tons of grants and different uh, program opportunities available at the state level um, with tax dollars and things like that or in your communities. And so don't be dissuaded by some things that maybe were barriers in the past, because one weird gift of COVID is that some of those things have lifted and mental health really is at the forefront of our attention right now. Um, I also think there's... uh, Make sure you're connecting in uh, with your pastor in some way and with your, some kind of Bible study or some group within your church in some way. They are trying to get to you. I promise that they are, but it's hard and complicated right now. And, and like we said, we're trying to figure it out. So um, I think engaging, like leaning in and connecting in the body of Christ, especially is going to be really important because we we've seen what happens when we feel so disconnected. Uh, so I just encourage you to reach out and lean in. People get so disappointed when I don't give them a book title. Like we want the book title. We want the magic pill. Um, it doesn't exist, you know, really focusing on God. Your book, Heidi, you've written so many. I know. (laughs) That's true. I do have a book coming out in April um, called Finding Hope from Brokenness to Restoration. And 
it will hopefully be a space that can open up a lot of these conversations about what is the hard stuff, but I won't promise you that there's no wrestling alongside with it too. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So go, go do that work too. Yeah. Great tools. And, and so helpful to hear you voice in some of these conversations. I will highlight while we have you here for just a second, the fact that you um, are help writing um, some resources that are going to be coming out. They haven't already come out. They're going to be coming out soon um, around play and the, the properties of play and the value of play uh, for us as individuals, for us in the community, and for youth ministry. Uh, anything you want to say about that to folks who might be looking at, at that material here coming up soon? I'm totally stoked. I mean, we get to talk about the Bible and we get to talk about play at the same time. Like this is a match made in heaven. I think uh, even in this conversation about self-care and stuff, uh, seeing what that changes about our vantage point of God and that there is heaviness in this world. There is like heaviness in the fact that God is holy and awesome, but also that there's a lightness to him, that he is um, creative and he is the creator of all things. And so we're going to do all that like theological mucking through that creative place of who God is in our lives. But we're also going to do it with some really practical things around those seven properties of play. What does real play look like? How can we get more of it in our lives? Um, And how can we offer it for our youth especially? And I'm excited about this study too, because it allowed me to just think of ideas, which I super love. So every study has like five to seven kind of kooky youth group ideas and things like that in it too, to be used either one-on-one, lots of one-on-one stuff, lots of digital stuff, and lots of also things that you can plan on using when you can get together too. Yeah. I mean, I, I appreciate that. Like anecdotally right now, I'm hearing a lot of youth leaders say like, oh man, the kids really need play. They just really need to engage in some letting off some steam and not having to think about um, everything heavy in the world right now. And so it seemed really appropriate that we'd be, um, both you and some other uh, contributors really talked about like, yeah, that's a thing. <laughs> it's a thing that we need to save us. Um, and then in a time of, of high stress and, and a lot of things going on, uh, God does give us play for really particular reasons. And there's a reason why youth ministry often revolves around that because it does give us some really key things. So hopefully people uh, check that out on the youth e-source. Uh, we'll link to that as well. Uh, but yeah, we're so appreciative of you coming and talking a little bit about how we can uh, care for ourselves, stewardship of selves as we think about how we can be uh, long-term in, in youth ministry. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. And I can always be found at HeidiGamma.com. If anybody wants to, you can click on resources to get to different articles and things under the mental health page with topics and the relationships page with topics there like friendship. And then also if you click on connect with Heidi, um, if anybody has any specific questions or something, I'm happy to help. Well, we again are so thankful for Heidi and her many gifts, her willingness to share those and her insight. Love Listen to her on Mondays and a lot of the other posts and blogs that she has is so helpful as uh, consider again how we are wonderfully made, how God uh, blesses us with many gifts and how we're able to share that as his community. So look forward to that continued discussion. Yeah, I love of Heidi and her her passion and vocation for caring for the mental health of, of both professional and, and lay ministers and to young people as well. Uh, back in the spring, as we were starting this pandemic, I had... Uh, woke up kind of with an inspiration to write a short piece that ended up on the youth e-source to remind youth leaders that God is the one who does work 
through us and that youth leaders were doing enough because I, I heard over and over this fear that, that we just weren't doing enough. We need to be doing more uh, to care for our congregations and for our young people. And uh, we're feeling so much stress and anxiety right then. Um, and I, I wanted uh, the people I loved who were doing youth ministry to feel like they could take a deep breath and know that God was present and in action, even when it felt like uh, chaos and that they weren't doing enough. And I think that might be a helpful reminder still for us, even six, seven, eight, nine months later, yeah. uh, for people in ministry as well, that you are doing enough and that God is going to work in and through your vocations. And sometimes these conversations can become frustrating because they focus on all the things we should do and yet fail to do. And we hope instead that this conversation helps to remind you of your value to God and to your community. There are a lot of demands on your time right now, and youth ministry certainly is one of those. And no matter where you are navigating those, God created you and sent his son to die for you. And you are deeply loved by God. And making sure you have time for your own spiritual, physical, and mental health is good stewardship for you and your ministry and those around you who love you and care for you. So a couple of closing questions for you to consider. Uh, first is, how are you focusing and helping young people to focus on the long game of restoration that God has in store for us? Second is, how are you modeling good stewardship of self to the young people you minister to? And finally, what are some of your alerts, your check engine lights, as Heidi said, that tell you you need to be checking in and leaning in both for yourself and for the young people you care for? Uh, we will continue to keep you in our prayers as God continues to be faithful and fulfill his promises to us. Uh, Isaiah 48 says, the grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of the Lord stands forever. Uh, Jesus' death and resurrection will stand, and we can proclaim that even in difficult times. And every time we do, God is working in and through us to encourage, enlighten, and draw people closer to him. So uh, we are praying for you as you trust in God's long-term plan for you and your young people. Engold's podcast is a production of LCMS Youth Ministry and KFUO Radio. To find out more about LCMS Youth Ministry or to find links to resources mentioned, go to kfuo.org slash youth ministry. Thank you for listening and caring for the young people of our church. Yeah.